Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by Organifi. Guys, I wanted to tell you about a product I use after dinner on a regular basis that tastes great, helps me take away sugar cravings after dinner, and helps me sleep deeper and more restoratively. And that is Organifi Gold. It is a creamy, delicious superfood tea that's filled with medicinal mushrooms like reishi and turkey tail and different herbs like ginger and lemon balm that aid in rest and relaxation. It's 100% USDA certified organic. It has less than one gram of sugar per cup, and it has nine superfoods that are designed to help reduce inflammation, stabilize blood sugar, and help you rest and relax more effectively. I can't tell you how good it feels to have something that tastes great to consume after dinner that quenches you know, any sort of possible cravings I might have and also at the same time helps me sleep deeper and then I wake up much more refreshed. And that's why I love it. Now, I also like the fact that I can trust that it's USDA organic, it's gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, vegan, non-GMO, you know, all that good stuff. And I just basically put it in some coconut milk. It's really good when you have kind of like a milk base. So I put in a little bit of coconut milk and the ingredients I love that are in it are turmeric. Turmeric is an ancient root that has been used for over 4,000 years to promote a healthy response to pain and inflammation in the body. It's a potent antioxidant. It's antiviral. It helps boost your immune system. So love turmeric. It also has ginger, which is great for the immune system, great for digestive health. Ginger, really good for helping you digest your meal more effectively. And that's why I'll take this, you know, usually kind of like right at the end of my dinner, just put a little bit of coconut milk in it. And these herbs support healthy digestion. And at the same time, they've got compounds in there to reduce inflammation and help support rest and relaxation. Now, the key ones for rest and relaxation are gonna be reishi mushroom, which is known as the queen of mushrooms. And it's really great grounding mushroom. It's a powerful adaptogen to help reduce cortisol and the stimulating stress hormones like norepinephrine and adrenaline, things like that at night. And that's important because if you're stimulating a lot of cortisol and adrenaline, norepinephrine at night, you're not going to sleep well. So Rishi really helps quench that. It also has turkey tail, which is great for the immune system. These things are, you know, have anti-cancer properties, really antiviral, powerful for the immune system. And then lemon balm. 
And lemon balm is really good for helping your body relax, okay? I also like to diffuse lemon balm essential oil. It's a, it's a common one a lot of people will do uh, to help with good sleep. But consuming it orally is amazing, and it's in this Organifi Gold. And so it's got those herbs, nine superfood herbs to help reduce inflammation, balance your blood sugar, take away any sort of nighttime cravings that you might have, and help you fall asleep and get a better quality sleep. And that's why I use it on a regular basis. And you can too. And I would recommend trying it out and seeing how it works for you. So just go to Organifi.com forward slash DR Jockers. So Organifi is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, DR Jockers. And use the coupon code JOCKERS, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, at checkout to save 15% off. Guys, I know you're going to love it. And you're going to really love the flavor and how easy it is to fall asleep at night after drinking this. So try it out today and let me know how, how you responded to it. So this podcast is an audio recording of one of my most popular YouTube videos on functional strategies to be able to biohack your digestive system. So in order to digest your food effectively, you've got to be able to produce enough stomach acid, bile, and pancreatic enzymes. And I'm going to show you how to really be able to identify which of these areas may be struggling and then things you can do to help improve it. So these are at-home tests and at-home strategies that cost you little to nothing in order to improve these things. And so I know you're going to get tremendous value out of this podcast and if you would just take a moment and leave us a five-star review, your reviews really count. They help us to be able to show up when people are searching for different podcasts, and that helps us be able to influence more people and change more lives. So thanks so much for being a part of our community, and let's go into the podcast. Hey, everybody. Today, we are talking about functional digestive health testing and strategies to biohack your gut. We know digestive health is so critical. So I'm going to show you how to understand if you're producing enough stomach acid, enough digestive enzymes, and enough bile to be able to break down, emulsify, absorb, basically digest and absorb the nutrients you're consuming, and keep pathogens under control in your system, just so critical. And so when we look at overall digestive health, we all understand better digestion equals better energy. When we're able to absorb those nutrients more effectively, that's going to allow us to have better detoxification, which is going to result in healthier skin, healthier nails, healthier hair, healthier organ systems, healthier eyes. You're going to be more beautiful. You're going to be um, you know, better, more mentally clear and energetic, and really just being able to be the best version of you. And so when we look at the difference between a healthy gut and a leaky gut, we know that there is a one cell lining, and that's our intestinal lining. It's one cell, and it's basically a one cell all the way across. And these little cells are held together by, in a sense, almost like a, it's like a cheesecloth or these tight junctions that bind them together. And the problem is that when some sort of uh, inflammatory compounds, right, or bacteria or different things like that can get in there and they can actually damage and disrupt those tight junctions over time. And the reason why it's only one cell is because throughout the history of mankind, we had 
limited access to food. And so when we did eat, we need to make sure that we were able to get the nutrients into the bloodstream. And so if we had, you know, five cells, a five cell layer thick intestinal membrane, it would have been really hard to get the, the nutrients to diffuse through there. So we have this one cell and that's protecting the bloodstream from, you know, in a sense, the intestines, even though it's inside of our body, the actual tube of the intestines is considered outside of our body, right? It's actually the bloodstream that the body is needing the nutrients and that's where we utilize the nutrients. And it's also what we're trying to protect as well. We don't want large proteins to end up in the bloodstream. If they do, if we have a lot of large undigested proteins, and that could be from food, it could be from bacteria, could be from yeast, different things like that, different microorganisms, then the body feels like that is a major threat. And it says, okay, wow, sound the alarm. These large bacteria or these large proteins could be a threat to our survival. They could kill us quickly. So we need to, to raise up, ramp up inflammation in our system. And that's exactly what happens. So this is kind of the process of leaky gut. Now, in order to make sure we don't end up with large proteins in our bloodstream, we need to be able to produce healthy, adequate amounts of stomach acid. We need to be able to produce good bile flow and also pancreatic enzymes to break down, digest the food particles. And we need to have a healthy microbiome, good bacteria to help us break down those particles. Now, when we think about stomach acid, what stomach acid actually does, seven major roles. Number one, it sterilizes the food. So every time we're eating, we're going to be bringing in pathogens, bacteria, different microorganisms, the acid itself is a sterilization agent. Most of the bacteria, there are some bacteria that love acid, like you think about lactobacillus, it's an acid lover, but most bacteria hate acid, and so this will destroy them. And so it sterilizes the food that we're taking in. It also is key for protein digestion. It starts to break down those tough proteins and starts that digestive process. It also activates something called pepsin, which is an enzyme that's really good for cleaving and breaking down proteins and breaking them down into amino acids. And amino acids are critical for all functions of life. So we've got to have this good acid to be able to digest it. It also activates intrinsic factor. An intrinsic factor is a protein that helps us absorb vitamin B12. If you're not producing enough stomach acid, you are at high risk for a vitamin B12 deficiency because you're not going to be able to activate intrinsic factor effectively. The acid in the stomach, as it moves out of the stomach, and when the food is digested in the stomach, it's called a bolus. When it takes the bolus and moves into the small intestine, it stimulates receptors that trigger the release of bile and enzymes. Bile itself is alkaline. The small intestine needs an alkaline environment. So when we have good acid production in the stomach, now bile is going to push out in order to, to alkalize the small intestine. Bile also is a sterilizing agent. So it also helps kill bacteria that love acid, for example, right? So it helps to sterilize in the small intestine. And it also helps emulsify fats so we can break those down effectively. Bile is really key. And then you've got enzymes that really are good at breaking down carbohydrates, further breaking down protein, further breaking down fat. You have things like lipase, and um, that, that's a fat breakdown enzyme. And you've got things like um, protease that breaks down proteins. 
Now, when that happens also, the good acid helps close the esophageal sphincter. And the esophageal sphincter is at the top where the esophagus and the stomach are. And so we need that good acid to be able to close that so we don't have regurgitation of the acid back up into the esophagus. And then good acid helps, again, open up the pyloric sphincter, which is moving us into the small intestine. So from the stomach and into the small intestine. So very key. Now we look at this again, the esophagus is closed. This is the lower esophageal sphincter. However, when we don't produce enough acid, so again, acid needs to be between 1.5 and 2.2 to effectively close the lower esophageal sphincter, break down the food and open that pyloric sphincter so that food can move into the small intestine properly. So pyloric sphincter is between the stomach and the small intestine. It's going to respond to pressure and good acid production. The better that we, the better acid production we have, we're able to get. See, at rest, our stomach acid is usually between three and three point five. We need to get it down between one point five and two point two in order to really digest our food effectively and open up that pyloric sphincter. If we don't do that, food will often sit in our stomach and ferment, and can cause a backload of pressure that opens up the lower esophageal sphincter. However, when we get the acid, we digest the food, we don't get over-fermentation, and now we push open the pyloric sphincter, and we activate uh, the release of the bolus into the small intestine, so now the, the bile and the pancreatic enzymes can break it down. So when you're not producing enough stomach acid, there are some major symptoms, bloating, belching, um, hair loss, which can be you know, an issue with thyroid or, iodine or um, iron, production oftentimes. Iron and B12 deficiencies are common. Zinc deficiencies when you're not producing enough stomach acid. Indigestion, acid reflux, diarrhea, constipation, fatigue because you're not absorbing nutrients well. You're not, um, you're not recovering from exercises effectively because you're not producing um, amino acids. You're not absorbing amino acids as, as effectively. Acne. Acne is significantly associated with low stomach acid production. And allergies and food sensitivities are also very, very common. Weak, peeling, and cracked fingernails, very dry skin, dandruff, all these can be associated with low stomach acid production. Now, a couple of things we can do, a couple of different tests. One is the steak test. Basically, with the steak test, you just eat a steak, just a straight-up steak, and then you see how you feel over the next few hours. If you feel like that steak just sits in your stomach and doesn't move and you get indigestion, you've got gas, burping, um, you know, you just don't feel good, that's a sign you're not producing enough stomach acid. If you digest that steak well and you feel good, then that's a sign you're producing enough adequate stomach acid. Very simple, easy test that you can do. Now, another at-home test is the baking soda test. And with this, what you do is, you take a quarter teaspoon of baking soda, you add that to four to six ounces of cold water first thing in the morning before eating or drinking anything. You drink that baking soda solution and then you time out how long it takes for you to burp or belch. Normally you should burp or belch within three minutes and that's because there is a uh, chemical, uh, basically a chemical reaction between the baking soda and the free electrons there, the, 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 and also the um, hydrogen ions that are in your stomach for the stomach acid. And that's going to produce carbon dioxide as a waste product, which is going to come up 
as gas, okay? And that it's gonna cause you to burp. So it should be within three minutes, okay? And that's normal, good stomach acid production. If it's between three and five minutes, that's a sign of lower stomach acid production. And if it's after five minutes, it's a sign you're stomach acid deficient. So, and a lot of people never burp or belch because they're just so low in stomach acid. So this is what you want to be able to test. And you should do it like three days in a row just to make sure that, you know, you don't get an off reading. Um, but that would be a test to see what your stomach acid levels look like. Now, one other test is the betaine HCL stomach acid test. You would get some betaine HCL, something like our acid prozyme supplement here. And you would take one of these with a meat-based meal, ideally about six ounces of meat. Um, and then what you do is you just kind of see how you feel. If you notice that when you take this, you have an increase in indigestion, belching, heartburn, things like that, it's a sign you're probably producing enough stomach acid. Um, you may also have a hiatal hernia. That could be an issue. If you notice burning in the pit of your stomach, you probably have an ulcer or just a very weak mucosal membrane in your stomach. So the gastric lining has been broken down. Then you would definitely wouldn't want to take uh, BTNHCL right away. It would be better to take things like DGL, deglycerinated licorice root, aloe vera, L-glutamine, uh, things like that uh, can really, really help to support. Marshmallow root is another good one. Um, slippery elm, those things help support the mucosal membrane. So you want to make sure you don't have an ulcer. But you know, and if you you're you're thinking you may, then don't do this test. Like if you've take you had a history of taking NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications, you've taken high dosages, or somebody sold you out a stomach stomach ulcer, then you know don't do the BTNHCL challenge test. However, if you don't have those issues, then um, adding this in can be trying this out, I should say, should, can be really helpful. So if you feel good, if you feel better taking one, that's great. You can, you can start to slowly add more, okay? So then you take two and see how you respond. If you get too much acid, you're gonna notice a little bit of burning in your stomach and your esophagus area. That would be your threshold point. So then you would drop down. So if it took you three um, capsules to get to that point, then you would drop down to two and you would take two with meals until you started to notice that again. And again, these are with meat-based meals. Like I don't recommend doing betaine HCL with um, a protein shake or with like just a salad without any meat on it. You use it for the harder to digest proteins like meat. Okay. So that would be another way to challenge your stomach acid and help improve it. And that's also a way to, to kind of modulate how much stomach acid support you need to be able to digest your food effectively. And when you do that, you actually help your body improve its own production of stomach acid. Some people think when you supplement with uh, betaine HCL or pancreatic enzymes, that it shuts down your body's own ability from producing that. But that's not true. It actually improves your ability because when you start digesting your food better, you're going to have less stress on your gut. You're going to be able to free up more energy for good stomach acid production. You're also going to be able to absorb your nutrients, your amino acids, and your key minerals and B12 more effectively, which are all important for being able to produce enough stomach acid. So it can be really, really helpful. So again, you just start with one, and then you start to gradually add with roughly the same amount of meat until you notice a slight burning in kind of your chest and esophagus area. And that would tell you that that is your threshold point, and then you would drop down 
a little bit under that, okay? Now, if you get to the point where you're taking like more than five capsules with the meal, I usually just have you stay at that point. You can also drink some apple cider vinegar before your meal, take some long, deep breaths, um, and that can also help stimulate stomach acid production. You also chew on some ginger root, which can help stimulate stomach acid production. I don't want you to have to take, you know, 10 capsules, right, with a meal to get enough stomach acid. You know, you could just, you know, I would, I would roughly stop around four or five, okay, and then do those other strategies to help stimulate more acid production there. Okay, now bile. Bile is really key for fatty acid metabolism. It helps with the excretion of waste products. It's how we get rid of toxins. Uh, much of the toxins are released through the bile. It helps kill off bad microbes. Again, it's a sterilizing agent. So it is alkaline. It helps push and neutralize the pH in our small intestine and push out pathogens. And then it also is actually very important for blood sugar metabolism. It helps stabilize our blood sugar. Good bile flow does. So we need good bile production. Symptoms of poor bile flow would be loose stools, diarrhea, bad smelling or trapped gas, stomach cramps can be an issue, weight loss, pale colored stool, greasy or floating stools, and very erratic bowel movements like struggling with constipation at times, diarrhea and loose stools at times. That could be an issue with bile flow, okay? Um, when I talk about weight loss there, what I mean is you're not absorbing nutrients. And so you're not, so you're already thin and you're losing weight. So it's not like um, you're trying to lose weight and you lose weight. It's more like you're already lean and you can't seem to put on any weight and you seem to be losing more and more weight. Now, best at home test for bioflow, the fat bomb test. So similar to the steak test, the fat bomb test, you, you basically, you eat a fat bomb, right? So um, I've got plenty of recipes on my website for that. It's more or less like a, like a coconut oil, coconut butter. Uh, you know, oftentimes you have like chocolate in there, things like that. And they taste good, but they're very high in fat. Oftentimes there's like 40 grams of fat or so right in that, that uh, you know, little bomb. Okay. And so you're consuming that and it's, it's a test on your bioflow. So if you consume that and you get nauseous, you have stomach cramps, you feel more pain in your gut, you have um, diarrhea, right? If you just feel really bad when you do that, you break out with acne, whatever it is, that is a sign. You don't really need the stomach acid as much to break that down. You need good bile flow. So that's a sign that you have sluggish bile flow. So that's the, the fat bomb test. Now, there are other things, reflexology and meridian centers that really play into the gallbladder. I'll show you that on the next slide. And then there's also the bile flow support test. So when we think about your gallbladder and bile, what I see are certain areas, particularly upper right shoulder blade. Okay. So kind of in the back, um, your shoulder blade area, you have chronic pain, particularly in the right side or just between your shoulder blades. That can be an issue, not always, but it can be an issue with liver gallbladder. Okay, right thumb and forefinger, if they tend to be more sore in that area, kind of the gapping in between that area, you tend to be more sore on the right side than the left. That can be an issue. Also, your iliotibial bands, which are kind of on the lateral side of your leg, right? So the outside portion of your leg between your hip and your knee, right? If you tend to be really tight in there and painful when you start to get in there and massage, that can be an issue with gallbladder as well. Also cramping in your fourth toe. And, and that could be bilateral as well as the IT bands. 
uh, meaning on both sides and cramping in that fourth toe. These are all kind of meridian centers uh, in traditional Chinese medicine. They, they've linked different regions of the body and in and, and some cases in, in medical uh, literature as well, such as like the shoulder blade area that's, a, that's commonly a viscerosomatic region where the gallbladder will send referred pain into that area, that upper right or lower right shoulder blade. So those are things to look at. Now, triggers, so emotional triggers. So the liver gallbladder is kind of a seat for, um, you know, really for, for frustration and anger. So if you're noticing that you tend to be very frustrated, angry, you've got bottled up resent, resentment and also indecisiveness can all be issues related that, that can all play in to the, these issues with the liver gallbladder. So just some things to consider there. And then similar to the acid prozyme test that we talked about, or the BT and HCL test, I should say, you can get a supplement like Bioflow Support. And what you do is with your higher fat meals, you take one to two caps with at the end of your meal. So I should say with the BT and HCL test, you take that typically right in the middle of the meal, right? So you don't want to take stomach acid necessarily right before a meal, especially if you have a weakened gastric lining, that could be uh, a problem. It's ideal to take it right around the middle of the meal, okay? Or early on in the meal, maybe like after a few bites. Whereas with the bioflow support, it's actually better to take it at the end of the meal because these, um, so the bioflow support has liver, I'm sorry, has, has bile, what am I looking for? Bile salts. <laughs> so it has these amino acids that are bile salts, taurine and choline in there. And they can have a possibly a, you know, a, a more neutralizing effect on the stomach acids. So you don't necessarily take these at the, in the beginning of the meal, you take them at the end so they can get in there and help with improving bioflow. So it also has dandelion, also has a bunch of herbs that are good for stomach acid, such as dandelion that's in there. Um, there's another one called Greater Chaldean that's in there. That's really good herbs for their bitter herbs, which helps stimulate liver function, gall, uh, bioflow, as well as stomach acid. So really good stuff here. Bioflow support, very, very helpful. So if you notice that it improves your digestion, then it's a sign that you needed that. You needed to thin out the bile. Okay. So those are really the three major things. Fat bomb test, simple, easy thing to do. Reflexology, meridian centers, and bioflow support test. Okay. Now, symptoms of poor pancreatic enzyme production, gas and bloating, probably the most common, uh, just feeling like you've got this gas and bloating, right, in, you know, the kind of the middle of your, your gut area. It's not that you're necessarily having burping. Burping is usually more associated with stomach acid, but you've got this gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, abdominal cramping, also poor tolerance to high fiber foods and high FODMAP foods. And FODMAP foods are going to be healthy foods that tend to be higher in fermentable carbohydrates, things like broccoli, cauliflower, um, onions, garlic, beans. That's another really common one. Avocados are a common one. So those foods, which are normally healthy foods, but your body pretend to produce a lot of gas and cramping when you consume those, that's a sign you're not producing enough pancreatic enzymes and you probably have bacterial overgrowth in your small intestines. You may also not be producing enough bile and stomach acid, but you know it's, it's kind of a combination of those things. Now, one thing you can do, just like the fat bomb test, just like the, the steak test, you do the broccoli test. So you can lightly steam some broccoli or, or do it raw. 
and just eat a bunch of broccoli, okay, a whole big bowl of broccoli, and that's all you eat. And then, I mean, you could do, you know, cauliflower, I guess, if you wanted to as well with that. But you just eat these higher FODMAP foods, and that's it. And then you see how your body responds over the next two to three hours. If you're noticing more gas, more bloating, more cramping, that's a sign. Again, bacterial overgrowth, not producing enough pancreatic enzymes. So very simple, easy tests that you can do. If you feel great, you ate the broccoli, you feel great, no problems with that. So some people feel terrible with the steak, but they feel great just eating the broccoli, right? And a lot of these people tend to be, they tend to gravitate towards, you know, being a vegetarian or vegan because they don't feel good when they eat meat. They feel good when they eat the vegetables. Whereas other people feel terrible when they eat the broccoli, but they feel good when they eat the steak. And these are the people that are struggling with bacterial overgrowth, poor pancreatic enzyme production, and they tend to lean towards, you know, more of a meat heavy diet. And so this is kind of the way that we can help biohack some of these things. And then you can take digestive enzymes, right? So we've got one here, Super Dzyme, that you can take. Um, and you just take, you know, two capsules with those uh, higher FODMAP types of meals like beans or cruciferous vegetables, um, like the kinds of things I was talking about, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, uh, cabbage, stuff like that. And it will help break those things down. And if you notice that you feel better, and you digest it better to sign that that support was helpful for you. And again, supporting your body with stomach acid, digestive enzymes, bile, all very, very helpful because it's going to take stress off your gut and allow you to digest your food more effectively. Now, one thing we can also do is actually a comprehensive blood analysis. We have a great one on my website if you look under lab testing, and it looks at all different markers for immune system function, blood sugar and insulin levels. Um, it's going to look at certain nutrients like folate, B12, iron, zinc, copper, thyroid hormone, inflammatory markers, liver and kidney health. So a lot of really good things that come from this test. And when I'm looking at stomach acid, a couple of things I look at, one is the serum protein levels. If they're real high or real low, it could possibly be an issue with stomach acid production, especially when you have low protein, it can oftentimes be an issue where you're just not absorbing enough amino acids. Low chloride and phosphorus. So I'm looking for these kinds of patterns. If I see that, I see low chloride and phosphorus, high blood urea nitrogen, also called BUN, um, along with abnormally large red blood cell size. Abnormally large red blood cell size can often indicate low B12 levels and, and sometimes low folate or B9 and B6 as well because your blood cells need those B vitamins in order to mature properly and get to the proper size. When we don't have them, they don't mature properly, they don't shrink down, they're larger and they're not quite as effective at bringing oxygen. They're they have a, a lesser ability to bring oxygen to the cells. So it impacts your energy significantly. I'm gonna look at B12, right? I wanna see what are, your, what are your B12 levels look like? And then I also wanna look at homocysteine levels because you might have normalized B12 in your serum, but you may not be utilizing it well. And so homocysteine is a protein that tends to be very reactive and actually high homocysteine levels are linked with things like strokes, Alzheimer's, dementia, so issues like that. So. I want to see B12 is key for helping regulate the homocysteine cycle and helping push it into glutathione, which is your body's master antioxidant. So we're going to look at that, what the levels of that are. We're going to look at your iron, your serum ferritin, which is a stored form of iron and see where that is. If you're eating meat 
on a semi-regular basis and you're producing enough stomach acid, you should have no issues unless you're having like major, very large menstrual cycles, you know, um, things like that. Unless you're bleeding a lot, you should have no issues with iron and serum ferritin. I'm also going to look at alkaline phosphatase. That can be a marker for zinc. So if your alkaline phosphatase, which is a liver enzyme, is real low, it can be a zinc deficiency. Zinc is really important and it is absorbed in our stomach. So we need good stomach acid to be able to absorb zinc effectively. Now let's look at liver enzymes because I'm going to look at this in order to see what's happening with bile flow, for example. So ALT, AST, your alkaline phosphatase, like I talked about, GGT, these are all important. So when these levels are high, it's an indication of liver stress, glutathione deficiency, can also be biliary stress or your stress on your gallbladder, maybe gallstones. And if they're low, it's oftentimes a B6 deficiency or in the case of alkaline phosphatase, like I said, zinc deficiency. So got to look at these as well. They come on the liver, liver function test that comes on the comprehensive blood analysis. And the key blood markers for abnormal bile flow, high alkaline phosphatase, high liver enzymes. We just talked about that, AST, ALT, GGT, and then also bilirubin. So bilirubin should really be under 1.2. Bilirubin is a component of bile. Bile is basically made up of cholesterol, bilirubin, and bile salts. And so when that's high, that's a sign that we're not packaging it into bile effectively. And we need to address that. We need to address the bile flow and help improve that. So that's important. And also, actually, believe it or not, high LDL cholesterol, I could also say on that too. If you have high LDL cholesterol, that could be an issue where you're not pushing the cholesterol out through the bile effectively. So that can also be a factor with this. And finally, last test is our GI map stool analysis, which is going to look at bad bacteria right? Infections. And it's also going to look at a whole bunch of different markers like steatocrit, which plays a big role in our ability to break down fatty acids. It's going to look at your lactase, which is uh, your ability to produce digestive enzymes. So it's going to look at a number of different factors, uh, you know, and all, uh, it's also going to look at, like I said, microbes and pathogens such as H. pylori, for example, which can shut down stomach acid production. So we're going to look at, be able to test all of those things on the GI map. And that's why that's such a good test. So hopefully you guys got a lot out of this. I know this is some heavy information. Um, I do have an article that goes along with this. So you can check that out. It's on my website or and I'll link to it below as well. I'll also link to these tests, the comprehensive blood analysis and the GI map stool analysis, and um, also some of the products that I discussed as well. If you're listening to this on my podcast, please subscribe. So that way you get notified whenever I have a new podcast go up. Also, go ahead and leave a rating or review so that way we're able to reach more people. And you can check out this article for all the information all the research behind this and links to all these different uh, you know, products, tests, and everything else, all the different images that I, that I discussed um, on my website. It's just functional digestive health testing. If you type that in, you will find it. With that said, guys, be blessed, and we'll see you on a future online training. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.